We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's get into the second part of today's show. And this is a look at what Notre Dame lost and what Notre Dame has coming back. Because again, the show is about looking looking forward to the 2024 season and the 2024 team. But in order to understand what the team looks like, you have to understand what was lost, what returns, and what's arrived. And so part two will be about what was lost and what comes back. So it's focusing on on what the, the just the makeup of what this team is going to be, and so when you look at the the, the starters that were lost, I think if you if you're going to have any reservations about this football team this season, I think it kind of begins with look here here's the reality of of where Notre Dame is. You lost your starting quarterback, you lost an outstanding running back in Audric Estime, you lost three receivers that all had at least six starts, and you also lost. Uh, you're a, a tight end who started more more actually more games than anybody else started at tight end this year, and you also are in a situation where you lost three starting offensive linemen that combined for I'm trying to do the math in my head seventy eighty two starts. So, including a guy who was a unanimous All American this past season, and a guy that was a consensus or no, he was a uh, he wasn't a consensus All American in twenty twenty two, but he made I think two. Or three first-team All-American looks teams in 2022. So that part of it is is I mean that's a lot of lost production, and there's going to be a lot to replace. And when you look at the receivers, for example, they're going to have to replace 99 catches for 1,478 yards and 10 touchdowns from the past game last year. When you look at the receivers the running back and the tight end that was departed. So that's what Notre Dame lost. So technically, and, and what I did is, in, for the purpose of this conversation, is I defined lost as anyone that started four or more games and returning four or more games. And so when you look at this, you get kind of nervous, like, man, nine starters. You don't have two starters coming back. But basically, to me, I count, if you start a third of the season, you're you're, you're kind of a starter. And Notre Dame had some weird situations last year because they had a lot of guys. They had way more than 11 guys that started at least four games last year 
and several others have started two and three games. So it's, it's, it's kind of an interesting dynamic when you look at what Notre Dame lost last year because, yes, they lost a lot of production. They lose a lot of starters. Uh, they lose a lot of guys that played a lot of snaps last season. But then you kind of dive into because, like I said, they lost nine starters. But the way that Notre Dame played this year, it's not like a typical lost nine starters type of season. And, and actually, I'm going to try to make this a little bigger because this sheet is pretty long. But when you look at like returning starters, for example, uh, they've got five returning starters. Well, how can you have lose nine and have five coming back? Because again, it's you have to start at least four games. And Jaden Thomas made five starts last year. Jaden Greathouse made five starts last year. Mitchell Levins made seven. And then, of course, you have Pat Coogan and Rocco Spindler because at several positions, there was not like a full-time starter. So if you look, I only have five offensive linemen listed in the returning starters or departed starters because Billy Shrouth and Ashton Craig didn't make enough starts for that. But they, those guys did start games. But to me, a quarter of the season is a, a regular season isn't, is, you know, to me, it's, it's I got to get to a third. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. So when I look at that, that's five returning starters, but then look at all the look at all the production that comes back next season. I think that's the thing that gets me excited and a lot of people excited because I look at some of those guys and I look at Jaden Thomas, for example, and I look at what his production was, 21 catches for 310 yards and, and, and two touchdowns. And I'm like, that that's Jaden Thomas is better than that. He's a better player than that. He had some issues this past season, 
was staying healthy. He just couldn't. He got hurt against Ohio State and could never get healthy. If you look at where Jaden was the year before, he had 25 catches for 361 yards and three touchdowns. So he had less production this past season when he was expected to be the team's kind of number one receiver than he did the year before, and it's because of injuries. Well, he's going to be healthy now. The, the, the things he dealt with, he didn't have like a torn ACL. You know, he didn't have, uh, you know, a, a, a bad ankle injury, a shoulder injury that's going to be a problem, a back, a neck. He, it was soft tissue injuries. And, and while that's bad because those can linger for during a season for a skill player, the good thing is, is once they're rested and healed, they tend not to be things that flare up all the time as long as you're someone who takes care of your body, and, and Jaden does, and Jaden Greathouse does. Now, it, it is a concern for Jaden Thomas in that he has had a lot of injuries over his career, high school and college, so that's obviously something to consider. But if he can be healthy, there's a lot of production there. Jaden Greathouse is on, you know, led the team in touchdown catches last year as a true freshman, despite going like five games without catching a single pass because he was injured also. And, and he was moved positions and it just, it, it, it just, they just did a bad job of really getting him into the game at that new position. And then you look down at the running back position and you talk about what returns for Notre Dame next year. And you talk about what was lost. Notre Dame is a very a unique team in that they can lose a running back that rushed for 1,341 yards, averaged 6.4 yards per carry, and had 18 touchdowns. And you say to yourself, they're going to be all right. And not just all right because they have guys that were formerly highly ranked players or, you know, guys that, uh, you know, that, that, that the recruiting rankings get you excited, but they've never done it. I mean, just from a production standpoint, how many teams in college football can lose a 1,300-yard, 18-touchdown guy and say, but our running back room returns over 1,000 yards of offense in 10 touchdowns? And that's the reality for Notre Dame. When you look at their offense between Jeremiah Love, Jadarian Price, and Jabron Payne, they combined for 825 rushing yards last season, 200 receiving yards last season, and 10 total touchdowns last season. That's really impressive. And, you know, you you see it there, six rushing touchdowns, four receiving touchdowns from that group. So you say to yourself, like, yeah, it, it, it stinks to lose Audric Estime. And you don't, you're not happy that you lose Audric Estime, but you're in a situation where you look at that running back room and you look at the three guys coming back there, and we're not even getting into the new arrivals. This is just what's coming back. I did not include Devin Ford because he had less than 100 yards of offense. And, and, and I, I'd be a little surprised if he comes back. Wouldn't be upset about it. But of those three guys that I'm, I'm confident right now are coming back, you look, yeah, they only had one start last year, and that was Jeremiah Love in the bowl game. But, folks, that's over 1,000 yards of offense. And I didn't even include the 300-plus yards that Notre Dame got out of Jadarian Price in the, in the return game. Actually, more than that, because uh, you had over 400 yards in the return game and another touchdown in the return game because Jadarian had 344 uh, kick return yards last year on only 10 returns. Jeremiah Love had 42 yards on two returns, and Jabron Payne had uh, 41 yards on two returns. So you're talking about, what's that, 427, right? 427 more yards last season. Point being, this these kids play a lot of football this year. There were expectations on these kids, and and they have the experience to where at a position where experience just isn't as big of a deal in, in all areas outside of pass blocking, 
where experience is it's nice to have, but it's not a situation where it's a must. And so you're returning over a thousand yards of offense, over 1400 yards of all purpose production when you include the return game and, and, and over 10 touchdowns at the running back room. There aren't a lot of teams that can say they have that coming back despite losing a starter who was top 10 in college football in that category. But that's where Notre Dame is at. They lost three guys, as I pointed out earlier, that has that were considered starters to a degree at the receiver position. Some little misleading because Rico Flores started six games and Tobias Merriweather started six games, but they played the same position. So basically each of them had started half the season at that position. But you return, like I said, Thomas and Greathouse, who had five starts of starts apiece. Yeah, Jordan Faison started two games last year and played a bunch in the second half of the year. Deion Colsey has started games in the past. He was hurt last year, but he's got a lot of snaps under his belt as well. So even at the receiver position, if you just look at the returners, just focus on the returners, forget the, the newcomers. We'll get to them in a little bit. You're talking about you return five guys next, next, excuse me, four guys next season to your lineup that have started multiple games in their careers and have a lot of production. And so when you look at what returns next season, yes, they lost over a thousand yards last season. But if you, if you look at the overall production and, and, and let me just kind of do the math here real quickly, but you have, was that 575 yards between great house and Thomas you also bring back 322 yards from Jordan Faison, 45 yards from Deion Colsey, plus you bring back 70 yards in the pass game at tight end, and all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're getting up to, what, 1,000 yards, right? Close to 1,000 yards. So let me just type those in again. I hit a minus on one of those, so sorry about that. So just from the running from the receiver tight end room, you're looking at a situation where Notre Dame is bringing back over a thousand yards in, in, in receiving yards. Plus, you have a, a little under two hundred coming back from the running back room as well. So, right there, there's a there. Even though they lost a lot, ninety nine catches, over fourteen hundred yards, ten touchdowns. You're also bringing back a depth chart that has, and you guys can count up the numbers there. Eleven touchdowns at the receiver room, two more coming back at tight end, and I'm not even counting. Here's the thing: in all that production, I didn't include Mitchell Evans in any of that. Because we don't know when he's going to be back, but I anticipate he'll be back you know, pretty early in the season. But then you also have one of the best tight ends in college football coming back next year if Mitchell Evans is back to 100%. So even though they lost some guys, and this is what makes this 2024 team so unique, is that they lost a lot. They lost nine players from the starting line. Guys that started at least six games last season. They lost nine. But they played so many guys, sometimes for good reasons, sometimes not for good reasons, that that you also have a lot coming back. And that's even before you know the portal. And, and you know, Notre Dame got a portal quarterback to come in next year. And we'll we'll get into him here in a little bit. But Steve Angeli threw for half a thousand yards last year, seven touchdowns, goes out in a bowl game, plays good football, leads the team to 40 points and a 40 to 8 bowl game win. And that's the guy you don't anticipate in your starter. And I would argue. He's your least physically gifted quarterback on the roster, which speaks volumes about what Notre Dame has coming back next year. The big question for me when you look at what returns is, is the offensive line and its experience. And this is an interesting one because you have the two offensive linemen that come back that are starters. But you know how 
when will Rocco be healthy? That's an, that's an unknown right now because he got hurt in November and he's a 300 pounder and, and those guys healed, you know, can take a little longer to get, to get right. Then you look at four guys coming back. And now I, I don't anticipate Andrew Kristoffa coming back, but as of right now, he has, it hasn't been announced that he's not coming back. So, but you have returning to the lineup next year. Was it 31 starts from last season to the offense from the offensive line? And actually, let me let me let me do the let me do the math here real quick. So you got 23 coming back in the starting lineup, plus you have let's see, six, seven, nine more coming back. So you have 32 starts coming back from your offensive line, including you return the entire starting lineup from your last game of the season, which was the bowl game against Oregon State. So I, I am a little concerned about the experience of the offensive line but it's not like you're throwing guys out there that haven't played a ton of football. The only guy that hasn't played a ton of football is Charles Jagasaw, who only really played that one game. He had five snaps in the regular season. That's it. And, and so when you look at, at what the, what's coming back, your least experienced guy is your most physically gifted player. You know, Tosh Baker's only got, only had two starts last year. He actually started the game against Ohio state. So even that two starts is a little misleading because he didn't exactly play a lot of snaps in that game, but you know he still started, and he had I think he had number 85 on, because they went with like a heavy tight end package in that game, and you know you know again he started the game, but but for proper context you have to understand that he he didn't play a ton of football in that game. He only played seven snaps in that game, so in one of his two starts he only played seven snaps, you know. But he was he's been on you know special teams the last couple of years, but he ended up playing 100 over 100 snaps last year. Started two games in 2021 at left tackle. So you're not throwing a bunch of neophytes out there. And then the two, the two kids that have the, the least amount of starts other than Jagasaw in their career are Ashton Craig and Billy Shrouth, who started the last three games a year last year. They played pretty good football. So even there, there's talent coming back, and 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 they're not exactly starting over from scratch for a team. Because, again, how many teams – and I'll ask this question again, and this is partly why I'm really excited about this football team. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. How many teams can go into a season where they lose their starting quarterback, 1,300-yard runner, three receivers that started at least six games, including a guy that led the team in receiving yards? You lost you, – uh, your tight end is, is injured, and you don't know when he'll be back. And you lost three starting offensive linemen that combined for over 80 starts, had started every game for through the first 10 games of this season – had started every game together the previous two seasons, so the, the, those 10 games plus last year, had started 23 straight games together, 
and you lose a unanimous All-American offensive lineman, and you look at what's coming back and you're saying, unless an in, unless a true freshman starts next year, unless Gerby Lambert starts, or unless like a Ty Chan or a Spencer, uh, Sullivan Absher or a Sam Pendleton or somebody like that, Emil Wagner beats out someone, you could go into next season with a starting lineup that has five guys that have started football games before and in important football games because the only start that Charles Jagasaw made was in a bowl game against the top 20 football team. So even though there's a lot lost, you get encouraged by the talent and the fact that there's a lot of, of, of snaps coming back next season as well. And that is one of the saving graces of, of, of what you look at from this football team is there is a lot one of the issues of the I'm talking about 23 is there were a lot of issues this year with injuries and guys not performing and all that kind of stuff. But what that did is it created opportunities for other players to get a lot of snaps. And what's been one of the biggest issues we've had at Notre Dame in the past, especially during the Brian Kelly era, it's when you lost a lot from your lineup, you tended to be concerned about that next season because the guys that were stepping into the lineup didn't play a whole lot of football. That's not the case this year. You have a lot of guys coming back from your roster that played a lot of football last year. And so when I talk, when I think about what this team has coming back and I, you know, and, and your offensive line, it's a big thing for me too. This is going to be the first time since 2021 that Notre Dame is going to go into a season with a second, with a, with an offensive line coach that's not in his first year. Right, because they've had three different offensive line coaches the last three years. Quinn in twenty one, he stand in twenty two, and then of course Rudolph in twenty three. And that lack of cohesiveness, I, I do think, can can be a problem. And but now, whenever you think of the job Joe Rudolph did in year one, the expectation should be that he'll do better in year two because he's going to know this these players so much more, and they're going to know him more. So to me, when you just look at what's returning to this Notre Dame football team in two thousand and twenty four. But it's hard to not be excited about it because of how much talent is in that room, how much experience was gained by that room. Again, over a thousand yards of total offense at running back, over a thousand yards of offense is coming back at receiver if you include career numbers. Well, over a thousand yards is coming back if you include career numbers because Jaden Thomas has had over 600 the last two years. Deion Colsey had almost 200 yards the year before. So there's a lot, a lot, a lot coming back. And so uh, that to me is a, is a big reason why for me, my expectations are sky high for this football team next year because you, you, you do have so much talent coming back. And that's going to also create a lot of competition. You know, the, the, you're going to be deep at receiving. Like, I, again, I just pointed out they've got over 1,000 receiving yards coming back next year just at receiver for career numbers. But they're going to be welcoming – other players that have even more production and in freshman players who have tons of talent. And so those are all things that you look at and boy, boy, this is, you, you start getting kind of excited about what this team could be. And then you start talking about the coaching staff. Is there a coaching staff in place? And I'll ask you all in the chat, you guys tell me right now, do you have a greater sense of confidence that this coaching staff now with Mike Denbrock coming into BDOC with Gino Gadouli going into year two, with Joe Rudolph going into year two, with Dela McCullough being on staff and the arrival of Mike Brown, 
do you all do you all have more or less confidence? And I'm genuinely asking this question. I would love to hear your responses if y'all are, are, are paying, <laughs> paying attention. But do you have more confidence that, 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 that there's a coaching staff in place that has a better chance of getting the most out of that talent than what we saw last year and the ability to get the most out of the talent that they had? Do you all have greater confidence in the overall depth of this football team coming into this season than you did a year ago? To me, I do. Because not only do you have, uh, like like last year, we look at running back. Yes, you had Audric Estime coming back. But after that, we didn't know what Jeremiah Love could do at the college level. We didn't know what Jadarian Price could do at the college level. We didn't know what Jabron Payne could do at the college level. We do now. We had no clue who Jordan Faison was. I, I mean, you know, yeah, he did some nice things in the spring. And, and we always liked his talent. We had him on our show on signing day last year. We knew what, you know, we, we loved Jaden Greathouse. Had him as a top under recruit, but you didn't really know what he was going to be in year one. And so there were so many question marks about the team last year. And it was, it was, we, last year we were in a situation where I felt there was a lot of talent last year, but it was a lot of unproven talent. The difference this year, just from a talent standpoint, is there's a lot more proven talent coming back next year. Just not even incoming guys, but just on the roster. There's a lot more receivers that have played a lot of football this year than there was last year. You know, and and and, and that's kind of something that that gets me fired up. And and, and I've been a defender of Jared Parker in the past, and and, and maybe what he might have been able to do in year two. But the one thing I'll say, as much as I appreciated some of the things that Jared Parker did, he's not Mike Denbrock. Mike Denbrock's just a more established coach, a more effective coach. I mean, you, here's some numbers that I that I looked up in 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 for the article, which kind of get you fired up. So obviously we know what Notre Dame did this past season, but but here's some here's some things that get me fired up. So when you look at what Mike Denbrock did in his last four years as an offensive coordinator, they averaged this is two years at Cincinnati, two years at at LSU. They averaged 38.6 points per game. 464.4 yards per game, and, and, and in a four-year stretch, averaged 7.0 yards per play. Here's another part you guys are going to like. The last two years at LSU, they averaged 33.8 points per game against ranked opponents over the last two seasons. And, and the thing that you look at, too, is what did they do before and what did they do after? And when you look at what Cincinnati was before Mike Dembrock got there, they were not a very good offensive football team, and he eventually built them up into becoming one. And, and you just kind of saw like steady growth. His first year, they were 20.9 points per game. He inherited a team that averaged 19 points a game. They only averaged 20.9 in his first year. The next two years, they were over 30. And then in 20 and 21, they took off and were over 37 points a game. And then you look at what happened the year after he left. They dropped down to 29.2, and this year they dropped down to 20, uh, 24.1. And you do the same thing at LSU. You look at what LSU did in the two years prior to his arrival. So he arrived there in 2020 and to that, or 22, excuse me, in 2020, LSU only averaged 32 points per game. That dropped down to 26.5 in 2021. It jumps back up to 34.5 in Denbrock's first year. And then this past year, they averaged over 46 per game when he was the offensive coordinator. And so that's a, that's a lot of production uh, that you look at, but it's also improved production. It's not just about, okay, you were part of something good. It's, was that already there? Did you just kind of keep it going? Well, in Denbrock's case, the answer is no. And, and I, I look at it here, you know, f- final two seasons under Denbrock, or excuse me, um, 
the two se- the, the final two seasons under Denbrock, they at Cincinnati they were thirty seven point one points per game, four hundred twenty nine point three yards per game, six point seven yards per play. In the two seasons since he left, they dropped down to twenty six point eight, three hundred ninety eight point six yards, and five point eight yards per play. Those are big big drops. LSU in the two years prior to him arriving averaged 28.9 points per game, 396.9 yards per game, and 5.5 yards per play. In two seasons with Denbrock, they averaged 40 points a game, 496.7 yards per per game, and 7.3 yards per play. So the reality is that's we know. We know what he can do. And we saw with our own eyes when you look at what Notre Dame did offensively in 2014 and 2015 with Mike, Mike, Mike Denbrock leading the charge and, and what that offense even was in 2014 before all the injuries set in and the things that they did that season. And then obviously the 2015 team, the, this year's team was number two all time in at least modern record in yards per play. Well, what offense owns the record? It's Mike Denbrock's 200, 2015 offense. And and those things were, were uh, to me, uh, something that gets you kind of fired up about what this – what this football team can be next year on offense, because again, you get into the situation where the production is there. And so the experience is there. The proven production is there. All those things are there. And that's what kind of gets you fired up. So, so, so to answer my question and what I think a lot of you agree with is there is a greater, a greater confidence that the staff that you see now is better positioned to get the most out of this roster for me for two reasons. Number one, I think the staff is in a better place. Even the guys that are coming back are now going into year two with certain units. So, like, again, running back is now going into year three with that group. Offensive line, quarterback are going into year two with that coach. And you've got a new coach coming in at receiver, which I think is going to be a benefit, and a new coach coming in as the offensive coordinator that are upgrades, in my view, over what was there before. And and then also there's more experience coming back at some key positions. There's and there's more talent coming back overall, in my opinion, when you consider the talent now has more experience. And so you start getting really fired up about what this what this unit could be. And that's why I think this offense, to me, the expectations for this offense should be, and with all due respect to Coach Denbrock and the staff and and you know the pressure that we're putting on him and all those type of things, the reality is. The expectation is, is that the offense should not be a reason Notre Dame doesn't compete for a championship this year. It doesn't. And if you feel about the defense like I do, and we'll break the defense down later in the week, then you start getting – that's where my excitement comes from about this team. That that it's, it's right there. Yes, I think the talent's really good. But there's just a greater confidence that they're going to be able to get the most out of that talent. And that's where I get fired up. So that's part two. Before we move on to part three, folks, do me a favor, hit that like button, hit the notification bell, subscribe to this channel if you have not already done so. Why have you not done so already? I believe we actually passed 16,000 subscribers the other day. Let me go back and check that out and make sure that 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 is accurate. Yes, we are over 16,000 subscribers to the YouTube channel now, which is pretty awesome. We appreciate you all very, very much. And uh, of course, if you're listening via podcast platform, give us a five-star review. And as always, sign up for the message board at boards.irishbreakdown.com. 